Hey everyone, and welcome to Casual Nonsense. I am Mark, here as always. We have another sports-related episode for you today. The NBA just had their All-Star Weekend. If you are like me, and you're just a casual fan of the NBA, then you kind of demand to be entertained by these festivities. So once again, I welcome back Lord Booze and Tim to give their thoughts on the All-Star activities. Also, what does the rest of the NBA season look like? Which teams are coming out of where? And of course... We'll be provided with a few booze locks for the rest of the season. All right, let's get to it. All right, everybody, welcome to Casual Nonsense. Uh, we are back again here um, with my sports fanatics as my co-host. I got Mr. Tim. I got Mr. Booze. Uh, what's up, gentlemen? What's going on, Mark? What's up? We got some good stuff. We just, you know, we just did the Super Bowl. We did the the finale of the uh, football season. I think we all enjoy that football being probably the greatest sport out there to watch. I'll say questionably, but in this podcast, it's not, it's my favorite sport, but you know, whatever, but you know what? I do like basketball. I like the NBA. Tim is our in-house NBA expert. We're dubbing you that title, Tim. So allegedly we're going <laughs> we're gonna, to, we're going to put you on the spot. I'm just a casual fan here. Talk some casual nonsense, some casual NBA nonsense. All right. Well, this is what we're going to do, right? So the NBA is the halfway through the season. Well, technically it's two-thirds, but it's the All-Star Weekend regardless, which just happened. What we're going to do today is we're going to talk about the All-Star Weekend in the NBA, what's good about it, what's bad about it, what are some of our opinions, how to make it better, and then we're going to do some predictions. We're going to get into uh, what's the rest of the season look like, and it wouldn't be a podcast with booze without giving us booze's picks and uh, do, we, do we have a name for Booze's Picks? Like, do we want to come up with something? Uh, we should. Yeah, we need a catchy slogan for this. I make you money. How about that? No, 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 no. Scrap that one. I like Booze's Locks. We've been doing Booze's Locks. Booze's Locks. That's, that's I like guy. Booze's Bets. Alliteration. Ooh, that's, that's a little Booze. clever, too. Maybe we'll, do a little, maybe we'll do a little poll for, like, our five listeners, and we'll see if we can get people to respond. <laughs> <laughs> we'll pick it up. So Booze's Locks sure. or Booze's Bets. All right, let's bust to it, then. NBA All-Star Weekend. Starts out with the rising stars. The is it panini, Tim? Panini challenge, like the sandwich, or is that a business? Yeah, the panini uh, rising stars channel. Exactly, that's exactly right. It's just because it's a sandwich. I don't know why it's called the panini, but it is called the panini rising stars challenge. All right, all right. Because I, I could see if it was like the McDonald's rising stars. You know, like let someone sponsor it. I, I don't know if there's a brand name panini. Maybe we can get a fact <laughs> check. You know, while we're while we're googling. But anyways, the rising star challenge. I didn't watch this portion of it. Uh, so, Tim, if you want to take a minute and maybe just tell us what is the Rising Star Challenge? What's the premise of this? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, to answer your question, it's uh, sponsored by the Panini Group. Oh, so that's a that's a business? Yes. Okay. Is it a law firm? Sounds like maybe a law firm. Yeah, something. Okay. I don't care that well. It's fine. <laughs> well, interestingly, they're a comic book and collectibles magazine company. Italian company for just comic books, magazines, stickers, trading cards, all that stuff. Anyway, okay. uh, the Panini Rising Stars Challenge, uh, it's just the latest iteration of what the NBA tries to do to promote its younger players. They've tried a few things over the years. They've had East versus West. They've had rookie versus sophomore. They've had American versus international players. They've done a few things to try to make it interesting over the years. Uh, this is just the latest thing. So they started something, I want to say two years ago, where they stopped doing timed quarters and instead they will have both teams try to reach a target score. So in this game, the target score was 40 in the first game. Uh, there were four teams, uh, Team Pau, named after Pau Gasol, Team Tamika after Tamika Catchings, Team Jalen after Jalen uh, Rose, and Team Detlef after Shrimp, some old basketball player. Detlef Shrimp, many played on the Pacers. Detlef Shrimp, many the Pacers. Yeah. Sorry, I'm I'm a young guy, okay? So <laughs> you ain't that young, brother. <laughs> that was play for the Sonics, Pacers. Yeah, that guy. So anyway, Sonics, named after him. Whoa, now now Booze is showing his age. What are the Sonics? <laughs> that was the team back. Good draft. Back. Come on. They're making a comeback. <laughs> yeah, they are. It was a bunch of rookies and sophomores scattered out between those four teams. Is it three versus three or five versus five? It's five versus five. Okay. Um, except that one of the teams, uh team Detlef, was not comprised of NBA players. It's actually comprised of G League players, the semi-professional basketball league for the guys who never got drafted or you know, just are trying to do something else besides college. It was a very interesting three games. Uh, the first game, uh, Team Jalen beat Team Tamika uh, by reaching that 40 score first. 
And then game two, the G League team, Team Detlef, actually beat Team Pau Gasol. And let me tell you, Team Pau Gasol had one Victor Wembenyana on it and Brandon Miller and Jame Jaquez. So you have three of the top five rookies right now on that team, and they lost to a team of G Leaguers. I love it. That was, pre- that was pretty interesting. So who won the whole thing? Yeah, the whole thing was won by uh, uh, Team Jalen, uh, led by Chet Holgram, Jalen Williams, from OK- both of them were OKC Thunder, uh, Benedict Matherin from the Pacers. So it was kind of cool seeing the Pacers like continue to get wins all weekend. All through the because, weekend, yeah. Right, because it's hosted in yeah. Indiana. I think it's rigged, actually, but you know, whatever. That was a- <laughs> yeah, script. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it was actually really interesting. But it was competitive basketball? Like it was yeah, absolutely. To, to me, that okay. was the more competitive because these are young guys who are trying to make their name in the league. So they're, they're trying, trying to, to impress something. Exactly. Yeah. They were talking some trash during that game. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what was cool also is, uh, you know, the, the G League team, you know, again, these are guys who can't make it in the NBA and they're whooping NBA players. They were led by one Mac McClung who, you know, we've heard his name. He won the slam dunk competition last year and uh, really for the first time beat NBA players on a big stage that everyone's looking at, then comes in wins at least his first game for the rising stars challenge so it was it was nice it was fun uh so i missed that part of it uh that was uh i think that was was that friday night that was on when they did the yeah yeah okay so i tuned in saturday for the the skills challenge i like the three-point contest and i like the dunk contest these are things that i grew up with you know i used to love watching when when larry bird's out there he didn't even take his warm-ups off you got jordan versus dominique i mean these are some there were some really epic things in the past days. Um, and I think part of it, and we're going to get into this, get into this in just a minute, but I think that for me, I'm a casual NBA fan, right? I'm not a diehard NBA fan. So I followed the Celtics and I play some NBA 2K, but I don't know all the players. So you listen off a lot of players that I don't know about. I do follow the scores. I try to see who the better players are. So what I like to see in these for me is I want to see some like more stars show up in these other contests. You mentioned it's in Indiana. So we had the skills challenge, which like you can, I'll let you explain this, but they break into three teams. Is that right for the skills challenge? Yeah. So it's basically like a, like, I don't want to say obstacle course, but there's, there's different phases to the skills challenge and they have teams of three. So in this game, we had team Pacers, which was Miles Turner, Tyrese Halliburton and Benedict Matherin, who are one team. And obviously they, they were the, the host team. Uh, then there was Victor Wembanyama. That dude is so tall, man. What's he? Seven three or something? Seven two? No, I think he's like seven six. Seven six. He's got like a huge one. And it's crazy. He has the handles of like a like a guard. It's 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 pretty nuts to be honest. Um, but yeah, so then they were played against the former number one picks, in which they had Paolo Bancaro from the uh, uh, Orlando Magic, Anthony Edwards from the uh, Timberwolves, and then Victor Wembanyama from the Spurs. And then they had team all-stars, which were the, I guess, guys who just played, made the all-star team. So Trey Young, Tyrese Maxey, and Scotty Barnes, all very skilled players. So I will say that every single player is a very skilled player. And the purpose of this is really to test your skills. Like how good can you pass? How good can you dribble? How good can you shoot? Who, who picked the winner of that one? I'm trying to remember in this podcast who picked who's going to win the skills challenge. Oh, that was me. That's right. That was me. <laughs> Another boozy bet. <laughs> the boozy bet for the win. We had picks last week, and I, I we wanted did. to say I cashed that one. Good to see you remembering that stuff because I somehow I forgot I wasn't paying attention to when it. Comes to money, I remember. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'm watching the skill competition, and I was thinking it would be if you ever watched the NHL skills competition, I was thought it'd be something similar to that. I've never watched the skills comp before, and so I was a little curious as what they would do, and I thought it was okay. I think that they hype it up a lot, but I don't know if the players just don't. I don't know. At one point, I'm watching a dude out there. He's like shooting left-handed just because he's trying to have fun. But I'm even listening to the announcer, and I forget the dude that was announcing, right? But he announces a lot of the games. He's on with like Barkley and Shaq. Kevin Harlan. Oh, Kenny Smith. No, Kenny um, Smith. Kenny Smith. Oh, yes, Kenny, Kenny Smith. Smith. Yeah. And he's and he's kind of calling him out, at least not to his face, but on the radio. And he's like, you know, you got you got a team going here. Like you want to play to win. And he's he's messing around with different things. And I get it. He's having fun. You want these players to have fun, but. I don't know. Like if I'm, I'm watching this and I'm like, I'm, I'm half paying attention to it because it didn't get enough of my attention. And I'm not sure what's how to make that better. I don't know how to spice that up, but I, I have an answer. Okay. First of all, you guys haven't talked about the coolest thing about the weekend, but I'll do that next money. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> money cures everything. Hey guys, we're going to give you a million dollars each. If you win the skills competition, 
they'd be freaking practicing for months. It's it's all about the money. They, they, these guys make so much money. You have to give them something to play for. That's legitimate. Like fifty grand isn't going to matter, you know. And uh, and these guys also don't want to get hurt. Like the All Star Game now is something that is fun, but th- there's so much money that these guys make. There's their brands. You don't want to get hurt playing these competitions anymore. Why not have some fans? What if they brought some fans out like it's a minor league baseball game and you put some fans out there and say, hey. Because no one wants to see crap. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're already seeing crap. I just want to watch spring football because the quarterbacks can't throw. You want to see the best of the best. I'm not sure if that's going to work because, you know, Vince Carter actually came out just today and made a statement saying that in the past, the NBA offered to pay him, Kobe Bryant, Tracy McGrady, and uh, LeBron James a million dollars to participate participate in the dunk contest he didn't say who but somebody declined the million dollars to uh be in the dunk contest money's not going to phase these guys because what they really want is to just have fun and relax so i have i have an idea for all-star weekend why do we have the nba cup all-star weekend why can't they have the games friday and sunday and the skills competition in the middle and just have the nba cup the nba cup was fun and people got into it just make that all-star weekend because the game is terrible the game is nowhere near what it used to be and, you know, I heard something on the radio. I, I, I don't think we should have all-star games ever. I think we should get rid of them all. All-star games were made to say, hey, I haven't seen Clyde Drexler play all year. I can't see, or Magic, or or uh, Steve Nash. But now if, with Twitter and the internet, like, you know every player. You've seen them all play. You can get a highlight of anybody. It's not about the what-if all-star game anymore. You know what the great all-star games are? The Olympics. When they play the Olympics, that's the real game you want to see. You want to see Paul Gasol go against Kobe and Kobe smack him around. Great documentary, by the way. Uh, but uh, Booze, I'm going to have you land that plane for a minute. I'm going to have you just park it in the corner for about five minutes. I'll circle around the to, airport. Okay. Yeah, cir- circle around the airport like you're like you're in Die Hard 2. And then we're going to get to the All-Star game in just a minute. We're, we're skipping over some stuff here. We haven't got the Sunday yet, Booze. We're still on Saturday okay, night. Can I say the coolest thing about the weekend and, and Saturday night you guys haven't brought up yet? The LED floor. That thing was the boss. That was so fire. That was sick. And that's the future of, of, of sports, by the way. That's good. I bet you in 10 years, every court is an LED court. Was, were we only seeing that on TV or were they no, seeing that's, that? No, they see it in person. It's the LED court. Oh, that's so awesome. It was awesome. Yeah, it was nice. They do that in hockey games, like, but not during the game, obviously. But they have this a similar situation where, uh, at least in Riley, they do. That's what they do pregame. They have a lot of stuff on the ice that they can put on there. So it's it's a cool feature. It's not new in Indiana. Like They didn't just invent it, right? Well, it's but a special it's, court, the whole court. No, it's like different. Yeah. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, because Jalen Brown, during a dunk competition, said it was still a little slick, and they were saying it's not really basketball ready yet. For like a real Oh, it's thing. like a different floor. Yeah. It's yeah. Floor. Oh, it's not just lights. Okay. okay. It's a whole LED court. <laughs> it's nuts. Interesting. It's incredible. I think that's the future. I, I will not be surprised in 10 or 15 years, every NBA court is an LED court. Once they figure out the grip and the way, like, it was a little slippery for them, but they're going to figure it out. For sure. So, sorry. That was cool. All right. Thanks, Bruce. Appreciate that. I mean, it was cool. So, so to, to circle back to the to the skills challenge, I was noticing that because there was one particular event where they had to take turns shooting from different areas and different zones. And one zone would give you five points. One zone would give you three points. And so, like, there was one guy who was always getting the rebound. The other two guys were getting in position. It was cool watching the, the floor light up say, oh, you know, the, it's green, like shoot from the five, shoot from the three, shoot from the two. And I thought we were just seeing that on TV, but that was really happening on the floor. And like that, it makes it like a big video game. Yeah. That's yeah. Pre- yeah, I guess that's pretty cool. I didn't realize that because I'm thinking the same thing as you, Tim. I'm like, is that like the first down marker in a football game where like we right. see it, but they don't. But yeah, if they're yeah. seeing that, I didn't realize that. That's kind of yeah, cool. It's freaking out of this world. Crazy good. Technology. Technology. Lasers and light show. Makes moves <laughs> happy. Yeah. Future <laughs> But the Pacers, the Pacers team was—they were really good. They, I mean, if you've watched the Pacers all year, they are. This is young team full of skill, full of guys who can like from one to five do it all. Even Miles Turner, your center, can dribble and shoot. Uh, your your point guard is six seven and can dunk and can block shots. So a lot of athleticism coming out of Indiana yeah. right now. Yeah, and skill, just yeah, real skill. So three point contest. Uh, I know I picked Trey Young for this. I'm not really sure why. The first repeat champion. And like, I'm not sure when the last repeat champion was, but Dame Lillard takes it for the second year in a row. He was on fire. Yeah, I think he was a favorite. I think he was a favorite all the way through. He, um, This was a really good – I mean, the lowest score that anyone had in the entire tournament was 21. 
I remember when 21 was a competitive score to go into the finals, but now like everyone, the shooters are just way better now. I think they've done a lot of things adding that, uh, the starry, starry, yeah, starry ball. The three-point um, ball, right? Yeah. Great. Yeah, that wasn't ball. there before. That wasn't there before. No, that, that, I mean, that's been the past couple of years, but I think that that's made it interesting. That still is the most exciting event because everyone's shooting from, for better or worse, everyone's shooting from a distance now. So um, to watch guys, you know, Trey Young got hot at the same rack every single time. We had a four-way tie. <laughs> so that was, I haven't seen a four-way tie before. I was having to do that. So that was kind of cool. Oh, yeah, because they had the tiebreaker where they had like the half. The half yeah, it was 30 so, seconds yeah. instead, of, uh, instead of 70 seconds. Yeah. I think every sport has a clock. It makes the game more intense because it's click ticking down, right? So mm-hmm. that's why I like about the three-point competition. So As far as the three-point comp goes, everybody's it's an even playing field right because you know everyone's shooting from the same spot at the same time same same everything as opposed to like a dunk contest which we'll get into it's it's not because it's depending how much you how high you jump how creative like what you know things like that but with a three-point either hit it or you don't yeah and you can watch the mechanics of each player each player has i mean it's not just guards shooting anymore now you have seven footers shooting so i remember they were talking about uh reggie miller and kenny smith were talking about malik beasley who when he shoots he gets a lot of lift off the ground he's in the air and it, but that makes his shot a little bit slower so he almost he didn't get his last shot off as a result because he wasted precious precious milliseconds getting that shot off not, versus, yeah not a quick release yeah right carl anthony towns who barely leaves the floor and he's just splashing it and you know he won the championship the three-point shootout two years ago incredible shooter but like it's cool because it's such a niche niche skill that everyone has right now watching everyone execute it different ways is always really cool and unfortunately jalen brunson didn't perform as well as I expected him to. Shocker, New York Nick. It's all right. We'll make it up in the uh, we'll make it up in the next segment about the dunk contest. I'll get that three point contest. Like I said, goes to goes to Lillard. Uh, he repeats for the first time, and then you had the first time ever you had NBA versus WNBA. I know Tim, you were this is something you were excited about. So you got Steph Curry versus Sabrina. What's her last name? Ionescu. God bless you. What's her last name? <laughs> i'm just kidding no she did great uh i don't know that you could bet against steph curry which you don't but you know watching her shoot i mean she wasn't shooting from women's threes she was shooting from nba threes i think she had 20 what 23 26 points at one point like she was yeah. spot on with what we just watched the the men do yeah so good for her so i mean she's a steph curry of the WNBA. you know uh she was that kobe's protege uh, her and gianna were really close like she, she's been on the map for a while and now she plays in uh in New York, New York Liberty, go New York. You know, I mean, she's great. She she's like single handedly turned us from a a joke of a franchise to a contender. We were in the finals playing against uh, Asia Wilson and, and the uh, Las Vegas Aces. So uh, I think it's cool that you know, WBA has always been really talented players, but like now, like the last few years, there's been really marketable players like Sabrina Ionescu, Asia Wilson, Kelsey Plum, and now coming up, I, I just had to plug her real quick. This is my girl. Caitlin Clark from Iowa, she's going to she's going to be it. So I'm really excited that the NBA is making a concerted effort to um, get some awareness for the WNBA. Yeah, give give these women opportunity to let their talent shine. And you know, we talked about this I think last week about paying them. How do you pay them without revenue? How do you have revenue without viewers? And to see the biggest star in the world playing against the biggest WNBA star and seeing her keep up, and he wasn't holding back. That's impressive. Yeah, no, I think that was a great. Um, I'm not going to call it a publicity stunt because I think it was just it was a good it was good showmanship, you know, just being yeah. out there like that. Because because you're right, you know, you talk about the WNBA and you're the only one talking about the WNBA, right? And that's the problem, right? Like no one no one cares. Like if you like, you know, and I think the NBA's job should be to make people want to care about that. You know what I mean? Because that's you know, if you're going to get good good competition in that league, any NBA fan should be able to just kind of carry over. And continue in the WNBA. Now, this is my question: Do they play at the same time? Are they off seasons? Are no, they, they play they... summertime. WNBA. Okay, so in the summer, when you get nothing to watch but maybe boring baseball, you could you could watch some basketball. No, I heard a great take that Steph should defend the belt at the WNBA All Star Game. Yeah, that would be cool. cool. Yeah, I mean, keep, keep the crossovers coming. I mean, it's like anything else you do: bring the collaboration, bring the. I mean, Marvel Universe does it. Let's bring people from this movie. This movie, like, yeah. <laughs> Do some do some buddy cops. Let's do it. Yeah, I agree. All right, so this is your chance to plug your uh, movie podcast. 
<laughs> oh, you mean the double take? <laughs> the double take podcast? <laughs> hold on, hold on. I gotta take a drink for every time Mark does a double take. <laughs> <laughs> if you're just drinking water booze, that's not impressive, man. You can do some shots every time. I'll I'll make sure of it. That's Massachusetts water. There's always something in it. <laughs> yeah, lots of iron and garbage. Iron yeah. and minerals. Hey everyone, Mark here, and I wanted to tell you about a new podcast that I'm hosting. It's called The Double Take, co-hosted by Terrence Jordan. Uh, He and I together, we talk about our favorite rewatchable movies. We try our best to bring our unique insight and we do as much deep dive and behind the scene moments that you didn't even know existed. So if you like movies, give us a listen. You can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts, but to make it easy, you can find the links in the show notes for this episode. So remember, The Double Take, check us out, and now back to the show. So good for uh, good for Steph, good for Sabrina. So let me move on to what I think a lot of people will consider the highlight. At least going into it, should be the highlight of NBA All Star Weekend, which is the dunk contest. You know, and I say this as a as a Jordan fan, as a Dominique Wilkins fan, growing up, where like it meant something. These guys went for this competition, and uh, it was okay. I think there was a lot of I, I like to see a lot of the creativity that these guys bring for dunks. So the, ultimately, the winner was uh, McClung, right? Is that Mac McClung? He won at the end. He uh, unfortunately beat out Jalen uh, Brown. You know, Tim's happy about as a Celtic hater, if you will. I don't know, Booz. What's your take on the What's your take on the dunk contest? It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Dynamite no, uh, drop in, Booz. No, be it, there. It, 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 <laughs> first of all, can can we stop taking Shaquille O'Neal as the token guy? You got to jump over. I mean, my God. First of all. I feel like Shaq's going to get one day get decapitated by someone jumping over his head. But like the dunk contest was great back in the day because it was athletic. The giftness of like Jordan, how he could hang in the air, or Dominique, and how he could just destroy a rim. Now it's all this prop stuff. And it started with Blake Griffin jumping over the car. And ever yeah, since the then, you have all these props. And I, I don't care about the props. I don't care if you can jump over Shaq or jump over a Bentley. I, it doesn't. I want to see like how athletically gifted these guys are. And I'm not being a, I know, ridiculous Celtics fan here, but Jalen Brown's like athletically gifted. He's an amazing athlete and how he can hold himself in the air. So I don't care if Matt McClung can jump over Shaq. That doesn't get me excited. I don't care uh, about a bunch of this stuff. And I know Jalen Brown was bringing a lot of things forward he wanted to talk about. And, and of course, the former player who passed away in a car accident wearing his jersey, that that was cool. But, uh, you know, I, I talked about Whitney Houston ruined the Super Bowl national anthem. Dominique. And Jordan ruined the the slam dunk thing for me. It's just not the same anymore. And I'm sick of the props. I'm sick of the props. We don't need to see Shaq out there and don't need to jump over him every time. Drives me nuts. Sorry. That's my slam dunk. I think it's funny that you're upset that everyone was jumping over Shaq when Jalen Brown chose a five foot two YouTuber sitting down to do his dunk. If that's not a prop, he did he did the D, the D Brown tribute. He was trying well, to, the, yeah, that but that was strategic. He's good, and he did it late. Come on, well, man. first of all, it did, it I don't, didn't work. First of all, it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and <laughs> thing he forgot to do is he forgot to pump up his shoes before he did it. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I saw an old pair of Reebok pumps at a shoe store last week, and I was like, I thought it was like the Lost Ark of the Covenant. I was like, oh my god, these guys sell oh, those yeah. things are awesome. Listen, I had I had a pair. They were great. I had a pair too, D Brown, but uh. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but he did props too. And he brought an influencer out there. I'm like, I'm just, yeah, I'm not defending Jalen Brown. I mean, I just say, I'm just so sick of it. It's just not, it's not fun anymore. I just want to see the guys do creative stuff themselves and not bringing out props. And I, I'm sorry, I hate bashing Shaq. I like Shaq. You know, I always thought he was a great, you know, one of the greatest of all time. But my God, how does McClung get a 50 when the guy before him jumped over Shaq too? It didn't get a 50. So, and even the judges thought it sucked. They only got 150 all night. I think they wanted to give the, uh, McClung a 50 so just go home and end the damn thing. I just think they don't need props anymore. Get rid of the props. Get rid of the whole thing. It's not the same anymore. I, I, I would be fine eliminating the dunk contest. If I'm being honest, though, I actually thought that um, what's uh, Toppin's brother's name? Is it Jake Toppin? Jacob Toppin. Yep. Jacob Toppin. I thought his dunk, I think it was in the second round, his creativity in that dunk was probably the best of the night, but he didn't get a good dunk off. Like he went like through his legs, some kind of twist around and just barely got the dunk in. Uh, but he hung up in the air. And that's kind of like what you're talking about, booze where old school 
you saw a lot more of that. Like there was no props involved. It was just straight athleticism. George Gervin used to be one of the great dunkers. He had all these great athletic dunks back in the day. He was the original champion. But now it's just like, what what dumb thing I could do with a, with a prop? You know what? I'll tell you what, though. I, I liked McClung's first dunk where the guy was holding it over his head and he grabbed the ball, but then let go of it midair, grabbed it, and then reverse jammed it. I thought that was creative. Yeah, that's not a prop. It's the guy was giving like a pass, right? That That's different than let me jump over somebody or I'm going to wear a Michael Jackson glove or something. Yeah. yeah, but McClung was there. Like like he he did the move. You know, it wasn't he didn't just grab it off the guy, then just dunk it. He grabbed it, right. let go of it, grabbed it again. Like that takes skill and timing. So like that to me was a better dunk than the finale that he did. Hey, just can I ask you a question? Check. Is it good that a G leaguer beat the NBA players? Is it really that good? I mean, I... Tim loves it. <sighs> McClung saved the weekend. <laughs> I think it's great visibility. And, and Mac McClung is actually a really good dunker. So it's not like he, you know, again, that last dunk wasn't a 50, but I feel like they owed him because like you said, that, let go, grab it again, dunk. That was a 60, and they called it like a 45, and that was the most disrespectful thing I've seen in years. That was the best dunk of the night. Uh, Jacob Toppin, plugging my Knicks, he got robbed because, to be honest, to be honest, Jalen Brown should not have even been in the finals. His first few dunks were horrible. He, he, he's, he's clearly a good dunker, a good in-game dunker. Nothing he did was really exciting. And he had one. It looks like it's a good dunk because he slams down the rim where some of them were not right. really violently slamming the rim. And... Well, that's Dominique. Right. You saw his first dunk oh. was a tribute to Dominique. Yeah. He brought the kid out. Was that Dominique's son or something? Yeah. Whoever yeah. that was. Yeah. But it, he brought it, him out and that was a good tribute. Yeah. He did yeah. a bunch yeah. of stuff that was, that was kind of, you know, Jalen's always been about, um, uh, you know, he's he does speak up for a lot of groups, and he's he's, he's very, political, yeah, yeah, very political. But he he, uh, you know, I think he, you know, that's something that really has endeared him to Boston, and you can see that on a national stage. He wanted to carry his message on a national stage or some things, and I, I, I I'm impressed by that. Yeah, I respect it too. I have no problem with uh, any of the causes he was or anything he was trying to highlight. That kid who who died, you know, that was tragic. I remember what happened. It was it was super tragic, and uh, rest in peace to him. But yeah, it, unfortunately, it just wasn't a great dunk contest. And, you know, the difference is that, like you said, they don't bring the stars out anymore. Uh, you, you keep referencing these really ancient dunk contests. And we had the best con- the best dunk contest in the world actually happened in the 2000s. Actually, it was the year 2000. It was Vince Carter, Steve Francis, Tracy McGrady. And Vince Carter became the greatest dunker of all time. So we don't have to go back that far. It was 24 to- years ago, Tim. My God. <laughs> <laughs> it was it? It was well, like 20 <laughs> I mean, I mean, Clinton was still president when he was doing Vince Carter was dunking. I mean, I, mean, I know Vince Carter played basketball until he was like 50, but that doesn't mean it happened five years ago. He just retired. <laughs> Actually, so sidebar, Vince Carter uh, and Chauncey Billups are the two of the finalists for the Hall of Fame this year. They announced that this weekend, too. So Nice. Tracy McGrady, is a great, he was a great dunker, in-game and outside. I mean, he just had a lot of athletic skill. Is it the story Tracy McGrady was there up 3-1 in the series? He said, I, I can't wait to play the second round of the NBA playoffs. And they lost the series, and Tracy McGrady never played in a second round ever again. Well, no, he went to the he went to the finals with the Spurs, don't forget. He wasn't playing, though. He was like the bench or something. I'm talking there was something <laughs> was still- the Raptors or something. <laughs> but, I mean, I mean, what we have to talk about with this is – why will we get more stars to participate soon? You know, are we seeing, I, I honestly, I do blame LeBron and Steve, Stephen A. Smith blame LeBron as well. There's no reason a guy as athletic as him has never participated in a dunk contest that leads the way. And now players don't even see the need to even want to like be creative, be show us your chops. Like, come on. Out of all the leagues, the NBA is a player's league. It's, they they run the league and it's not ever going to change anytime soon. Well, when you have someone and you kind of touched upon it a little bit, booze, when you talk about Jalen Brown and he's trying to get his message out there, he doesn't like he doesn't have the influence of someone like LeBron James would have or Kobe Bryant or something like that. So when those leaders of the league do these things, everyone's going to kind of fall in line and say, oh, well, if uh, if Bron Bron's doing it, then I'll go do it, too. Right. But now instead you get G League players coming in the dunk contest when we should have like I want to see good in-game dunkers make the switch and do and do what Jalen Brown did. I, and I, I give him credit for it, like win and no win. He is a good in-game dunker. But yeah. I, I think the, the question was always going to be how creative can he be? I mean, he brings Tatum out there with the with the influence. Well, the NBA is the and, most markable yeah. sport. You guys know why, right? Why is the NBA the most markable sport of all the sports for for individual superstars? Because you can see their face. 
Like every other sport has a helmet. Every you know when you see football commercials, they have to wear their jerseys so you recognize who they are. You know, if you ever see a football commercial, they're always wearing a jersey with their number on it. You say, oh, that's Aaron Rodgers. These guys are really out there promoting themselves. You can see them. You know who they are. You know they're not hidden by a helmet or a mask. So they're always about promoting, and I don't think they care about this these little things anymore it's either they can promote themselves if they can't they're not going to do it all right so let's move on to the uh all-star game well for me and tim anyway booze already talked about it so you're sorry that's <laughs> no, all right i i was watching this game you know i was hoping for i shouldn't say that my expectations were low going into it i think what i wanted to see is i wanted to see some showboating you know i i know there's never defense being played which is part of the knock, but I get it. They don't want to get hurt. Like, that's fine. It's just, it's unfortunate that there's not a way to make this more enticing. Like this given advantage of, like, I think, I think baseball tried doing it right. Where whoever wins the all-star game had home field advantage in the world series. Uh, I don't know if that's incentive because half the players aren't going to be in the final game. So what do they care who has home home court advantage? Right. So I don't know how you make it better, but this just turns into, let's see who can shoot more threes. Let's see who can shoot more half-court threes, and no one has to play defense. They're just in the paint to get a rebound so they can go coast-to-coast and try to shoot a three on their own. It's goofy. Uh, To quote the great philosopher Lord Booze, trash. (laughs) Trash. There you go. Trash. There you go. (laughs) Um, I get more and more disappointed with the All-Star game, uh, and I kind of get it. So I I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but this is a different generation of basketball players where 82 games is a real grind and is a real inconvenience. They can't play them all. They're working too hard. They're paid to play a sport. They sit out for, you know, 20 games so they rest themselves. Come on. Well, so, I mean, this is the first year that the NBA instituted a new rule saying that if you want to be in consideration for any awards, MVP, Defense Player of the Year, All-NBA, you had to play at least 65 games. Like Joel Embiid's probably had the best year of any player, but he's already disqualified from the MVP because he's missed too many games. I think a lot of players who they're not going to say that they want to, they really want the award, but they really want the award. And so they're now they're having to play more than they typically would have under any other circumstance. And as a result, you have eight days off in the middle of the season or two thirds through the season. You want to take it. You don't want to hurt yourself. We saw already when Dwayne Wade was playing defense on Kobe and broke his nose. One of them broke one of them's nose. I think it was uh, D. Wade broke Kobe's nose playing defense. Yeah. Yep. And the players don't want that anymore. So now, oh, great. We don't have to contest a, a dunk. We don't have to contest a, a three-pointer. They just, just stand there and let stuff happen. You know and how much Jalen Brown's making next year? Just next year alone. Like $60 million? $52 million. Is he going to blow it on a stupid all-star game? No way. Right. And I know he did the dunk contest, but these guys make so much money. Like, it's not worth it to them. There's nothing. Even I said a million dollars. It's not worth it to them. They don't care. It's a player's league. And uh, I'm sorry. It's it's time to end it. It's time to end it. It was great in the 80s when Magic and Bird, you only saw them play twice a year. You know, it, it it had all that stuff with Jordan. But you know, really, you know when the All Star Game really ended was '92, when they had the Dream Team. Since then, it's not has been that great. And people on Twitter today, you read some famous people. The last great All Star Game was 2001, which Tim was a long time ago. So, uh, you know, it it, it hasn't happened. We haven't had a good All Star Game in 23 years. It's it's time to end it. It's. Over. I disagree with that. I disagree with that. They changed the format a few years ago. I told you they had kind of gotten away from the timed for the rising stars challenge. Well, they did something a little bit different for the uh, game itself. So they had three quarters in which there was, you know, whatever the score was, whatever score was, and your goal was to win that quarter, right? Once you've won the quarter, the fourth quarter is a target score. So you're usually behind if you didn't win those first few quarters, but there's still a chance for you to win the whole game if you reach that target score first. And so, the first year they did it was the year that Kobe died, and they named the All-Star MVP after Kobe, and so everybody wanted to win it, and the format really worked. It was a really competitive game. The first three quarters were, you know, the showboating and the three-point shots from half court, but the fourth quarter was intense, and that was what we want to see out of an All-Star game. I thought it was going to stick, but this year, it it actually stuck the first two years, but this year... Elam ending. I like that. I like the Elam ending. That's a... It's, yeah. It's a... Okay. All right, so they got a, they got some work to do in the All Star game. Uh, yeah, I watched it. You know, I was looking for some some showboating. There was a couple of cool passes, like under the legs and just the elbow pass. Like there was some things that 
you know, some showboat, and that and that's what I wanted. That's what I wanted out of this game. New Jersey Generals play better defense than the All Stars do. Well, Adam Silver made a statement today, uh, where he said something has to change. Something is going to change regarding the All Star game. Yeah, they got to figure it out. Yeah, visibly upset. So, but the flip side of that is like from a, just to be the devil's advocate on the player side, if if Jason Tatum got hurt in the All Star game playing hard defense, I'd be pissed. You know, he tweaks a knee. You know what I mean? Because like that's your season. You're like, okay, you don't want your your guy getting hurt, setting a pick on, you know, somebody. Like, forget it. You don't want to see that. The Robert Edwards injury. I always never forget the running back for the Pats made Pro Bowl his rookie year and blew his knee out on a beach football game during Pro Bowl weekend, and he never heard mm. from him again. And that could always happen, especially basketball. I mean, the, it's a it's it's a sport. If you're playing hard, you could sprain an ankle or finger in the eye. That type of thing. but So all right, let's move on to the rest of the season here. The All-Star Weekend kind of like just before All-Star Weekend happened is the NBA trade deadline. Let's just run through maybe what the top, you know, six or seven trades that maybe happened that might make a difference for what's going on. I don't think there was any blockbuster trades going on, but I think you get some teams that are just trying to fill in the gaps. Like now you, you it's two thirds through the season. You get a really good idea of what you need as a team. Tim, you want to hit us with a couple of overview trades of what, what people got and what some of the big-name trades were? Again, a lot of the trades happened prior to the trade deadline. You know, trade deadline was, <clears throat> I think, a week before the All-Star game or a week and a half before the All-Star game. Sounds right, uh, yeah. But there were some trades going on from, from November. I mean, you have to remember James Harden got traded this year from the Sixers to the Clippers. So, you know, I'm not going to include those, but one of the big teams that made a big change was the Dallas Mavericks. So they've been building around Luka Doncic for a few years. And boy, was that dra- uh, draft day trade lopsided when they uh, Atlanta Hawks traded Luka Doncic to the Mavericks for Trey Young. Trey Young is great, but Luka Doncic is like a generational player. Yeah, He's been trying to give him as much help as possible, build around him. He's a high usage player. They got him Kyrie Irving. That's been great, but they really disappointed last year. What they really got him finally are some bigs. So they drafted Derek Lively with the pick that they stole from the Knicks because they tanked. Be- uh, you know, I was there. wondering where you're going with this, but now I know that's, that's where we're going with it. Let's stick to the trades no, here. Tim. No, we don't no, care no. I got to say. All right. So they grabbed PJ Washington from the Charlotte Hornets and Daniel Gafford from the Washington Wizards, two really skilled big guys, really perfect and they've been on a tear ever since okay all-star i'm sorry the trade deadline so that was a big trade uh buddy healed got traded from the indiana pacers to the 76ers with him beat out for a little while tyrese max is on a roll but they can't afford to drop in the ranking so getting buddy healed who's the sharpshooter great trade uh and and indiana wasn't going to pay him anyway uh, the OKC Thunder, they added Gordon Hayward, who is not the Gordon Hayward who was in Boston or Utah. Utah. He wasn't Gordon Hayward in Boston. No, he was Gordon Hayward <laughs> for three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he still has flashes. I, I you know, I live here in North Carolina, so I, I watch a couple Hornets games. He's a good wingman. And, I like him as a wingman. Yeah. Like he's, he, can still play, he can still play. And that OKC Thunder team, if you haven't been watching this year, they're probably the best team in the league and they're so young they have so many young talented players who are just overachieving at every level and then adding a good vet to that i think it's going to be a good pickup for them knicks added a satisfying yet underwhelming <laughs> trade deadline for the knicks we added uh bogdanovich, bogdanovich yep and alec <laughs> yep. burks alec burks is a long time nick i just like saying bogdanovich <laughs> <laughs> one of two yep <laughs> Uh, so so they were perfect fits. We needed them. They weren't like the sexy pick that we were looking for. We wanted to get like a Donovan Mitchell, but he filled a need that we had. Then we really upgraded every position that we needed around Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle. We just got to get healthy now. So we haven't gotten to see the fruits of those trades. I added a Celtics trade. It's, it really wasn't newsworthy, but Memphis sent over Xavier Tillman to the Celtics. I guess the rich get richer, so whatever. I see the Nets made some trades. Why would the Nets make a trade? Like, what fire their coach too. Yeah, they sent they sent Royce O'Neal to the uh, to the Suns. You know, I think that remember Royce O'Neal came to them from Utah a couple years ago uh, when they thought that he was going to be the missing piece with Kyrie, Kevin Durant, and James Harden, and you know, really just wasting away there. I think they got some picks in return, and the Suns really needed some help because they paying three guys all the 
bankroll, so they mm. don't have a lot of hope. So right. it's a good. I mean, that was a good trade to get rid of Royce O'Neal. Then the Heat got Terry Rozier from the Charlotte Hornets. I think that was a good pickup for them. And then the Pacers. I think this is probably the closest to a blockbuster. The Pacers got Pascal Siakam from the Toronto Raptors, which Pascal can lead a team himself. We saw him. I watched him play this year in person against the Celtics. He's awesome. He's a freak yeah. athlete. Yeah, to is. add that to the Pacers, that that was great. I like Rozier too. Like he was in the Celtics for a while. He's a spark plug for. He'll come in for a good five ten minutes a game and be a spark plug. Like he's not going to carry your team. So I think that's probably a good pickup for the Heat. That keeps them competitive. Like someone off their bench to come in. I like it. I mean, I, I watched a couple games since they did the trade. Eric Spolstra and I think Jimmy Butler both were like. You know, why isn't it working so far? Because they hadn't been winning. And they're like, we just need Rosier to be Rosier. Like, he's trying to fit into the system and fit into the heat culture. Makes me scary, Terry. Yeah. There's nothing I hate more than the two words called heat culture. I can't stand the heat. I can't stand <laughs> Pat Riley. I can't stand Miami fake fans. On a scale of Jets to the heat, where are the heat? Oh, the heat's not like that bad. I mean, I, I, right. I, you know, the, the heat's like a five out of ten. And they have, I should I say they have fake fans. They got, they got, they got a pretty good fan base down there. Yeah, I just ever since they bought LeBron out, I just never really loved the Heat. As a Knicks fan, I hate the Heat. With all they have a more rivalry with the Knicks than they do with the Celtics, even though the Celtics yes. and Heat have played the last couple of years together against them. No, it's 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 a, it's personal with the Heat. Yeah. for me. Let's get into the second half predictions here, Tim. You asked a couple of questions previously that we wanted to get into. Who do you think the who's the best team coming out of the East? Is it going to be the Celtics number one all the way through? Unfortunately, I mean they have they have too much, man. I get that. So can I just get you to say the full sentence? The Celtics will be the best team in the East. Can you say that? The Celtics have bought themselves another championship, or at bought least a final. Bought themselves? What are we? Uh, yes, the Yankees. Tim, <laughs> where's okay. that team play? Kristaps Porzingis to the Celtics was BS at the beginning of the year. They keep, you know, they got Drew, Drew Holiday. Like what? What? Like how? Well, Drew Holiday was a buyout, and we were able to get a good trade for him. And listen, the Celtics are going to win the title if Porzingis stays healthy. If he doesn't. I'm nervous about them. The Celtics haven't closed yet. They're not a closer. They haven't they haven't closed the title yet. And the first one's always the hardest, as they always say. The first one to get. And until Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown close out a title, they're not a lock. Forget about a title. Close out a game. That's when they have their trouble is the fourth quarter. They get these big leads and then. Well, yeah, but this year they have Marcus Smart throwing bricks up in the fourth quarter for no reason. <laughs> one of the few Boston fans that was so thrilled he's gone. I have a friend of mine who I, I I literally send the emoji of him flopping to them all the time. I can't stand Marcus Smart in his game. And, and he's a guy Smart. in the community. Again, I'm not saying he's a bad guy. He just could not. He just thought he was better than what he was, and he would kill the Celtics. So I'm glad he's gone. All right. I mean, he developed that shot, and that was really that was huge. So I, I liked how, what he developed into. But yeah, I didn't. I thought he was overrated for a long time. Uh, but the Celtics right now, they have like six players that you can play heavy. Like their six man rotation is just unbelievable. Derek White's great. I was about to say that Derek White grew into something I didn't expect him to grow into. Al Horford continue to, uh, continues to defy time and space. So I think he played in 2022 as well, Tim. <laughs> You're saying 2020? No, 20, right, sorry, 20, 2000. My bad. 2002. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, he's, uh, he's an what, old guy. What about the West, Tim? Who do you like coming out of the West? The West is tough, man. The West, there's like three teams tied for first place in the NBA. So you have the OKC Thunder, like I mentioned, who are just incredible, and they've been killing it all year. Uh, I run up them on 2K. Mark, Listen, stop 2K fluffing guy. the teams. Pick one. Who do you like? Mark, one. hold on. Mark. <laughs> I, you're, as a 2K guy, you got you to for Tim's dissertation here on 2K. You yeah. need to run with OKC. Trust me. You have the Minnesota Timberwolves, great defensive team, a lot of star power there. And then you have the Clippers. The Clippers made their way back into the top teams after starting off so rough. And my guy, Russell Westbrook's on the team. So I love Russell Westbrook. So, oh, and the Nuggets, too. Forgot all about the. I don't even know, well, man. Listen, like, you, have, I mean, you got four teams. I'll pick one. Pick one. Stick with it, Tim. I can see the standings, Tim, but I, I know who the top teams are. I'm asking you. No, no, no. no but I know, but you don't. Who's <sighs> coming out on top? You put me in a hard spot. I am putting you in a hard spot. Pick one right now. We're recording. I'm saying the Clippers. Clippers. All right. Clippers it is. Done. Damn. Star power wins. Damn. I like the Thunder. Everything you said earlier. Young team. Um, I like the addition to Gordon Haywood over there. I think he's going to help that team out. So uh, I like the Thunder because they haven't done much long term. And I just, I don't want to see any LA teams. So there you go. (laughs) You're so wrong about the Thunder. 
you know, I'll Maybe. Still all right. Know, who do you like? All right, here we go. Game one on ABC. It's going to be the Boston Celtics versus the Oklahoma City Thunder. No. Game one against the Boston Celtics, the Minnesota Timberwolves. No. No one cares. It's L.A. Boston. It's Clippers Celtics. That's going to be the. It's scripted. It's already done. Adam Silver already approved the script. It's Kawhi and Jalen. <laughs> And by the way, if, if the Lakers get it, watch out for that. They'll probably make them go to the finals, but they always did last year. It's Clippers, Celtics, L.A., Boston. Come on. They're not going to put some mid, mid-tier city in there. It's like, it's like having the Hurricanes uh, play the Stanley Cup final. They're not going to want to do that. They want big name team. Don't be so sure it's going to be Boston. Yeah, it's going to be Boston. <laughs> the Knicks are coming for you. All right, moving on from those predictions, who's MVP this year? As we said, can't be Embiid. He's out. Who do you like for MVP? I'm between Nikola Jokic and Shea Gildas Alexander right now. If it ends right now, I'm going to say Nikola Jokic. Shea Gildas can. I think Shea Gildas has had a lot more help than Nikola Jokic has. And don't get me wrong, Nikola Jokic is a great team, but Shea has some some studs around him. So right now, I'll say Nikola Jokic. Only because uh, Joel Embiid is disqualified. Joel Embiid was having a way better year than everybody. Booze, what do you like? Jokic is my pick, but I'll give a booze and lock right now. A good gambling one. I I was going to talk later about Jason okay. Sam's twenty five hundred plus 2,500, which is basically 25 to one. I put five bucks on him. You know, you can win. You can win $130. You put five bucks on Jason Tatum for MVP. So not a bad pick. I would do that pick because I'm a homer, but I'm not going to do it because I'm a homer. You know what I mean? I don't know if his numbers are good enough. This good year odds. To, to, good know. odds. I like the odds. I like. Yeah, I like the upside. I think Jokic probably gets it, but I kind of hope he doesn't. You know, I don't watch a lot of these guys play, right? We got into the All-Star game earlier, so I'm a casual fan. I don't watch these guys play a lot, and I know it's the All-Star game, and they're just kind of hanging around. I, I can't stand watching guys, like, not hustle, you know, because even, even, like, good athletic players, when they're not trying, they're still looking athletic. Jokic doesn't look like a basketball player. Like, I know how incredible he is, and I know his that's numbers. That's so great about him. He, he just, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it, it's it's almost annoying. Cause, like, he's going to get it, but I, I'd like anyone else to get it besides him, to be perfectly honest. I'm changing my pick. I'm making a Tim's a Tim's lock. A Tim's lock. I'm changing okay. my pick. It's gonna be it's gonna be Shea. And here's why. Shea plays both sides of the ball. Okay. Shea is number one in the league in steals. Uh he is averaging like the second most in the league in points behind Luca. Unless the Thunder truly fall off, and I don't think I think with Gordon Hayward they're not gonna fall off, they're only gonna get better. I think Shea is gonna take it. There it is. What's the odds on what's the odds on Shea, Booze? That's a good question. I'm gonna have to do a little booze uh, research here to to get that quick. So I think he has better odds than Jason Tatum. I think he's second. Odds, yeah. So it's not, it's not super great overall. Then Tim, who's, who's the NBA champ at the end of all this. If it's not the Celtics, I'm going to roast you guys for a long time. We deserve it. If it's not, if it's not the Celtics, if it's not, Joe Mazzula has to go. <laughs> I'm going to go Clippers. Clippers. Okay. I, Stick that's with my, uh, yeah, that's my, that's my heart picking that one. I think this is his best opportunity. I, I would like him to get one before he leaves. So I can stop hearing people talk shit about him. So okay, who do you like, Booze? Banner eighteen. You like you like Boston? Yeah, the Celtics. Yeah, if they can't win it this year, Missoula would have to go. There's the only part of the Celtics is I don't think Missoula is a top tier coach, and so that's the only part that scares me about the Celtics. They have the best roster and team in the league, and I'm not being a homer here. They do, as, as Tim said, and. uh the Knicks are up and coming, but it's not it's not their year. It's next year for them or the year after. It's the Celtics time. It's it's time for them to win another title and get the Ducks boat ready. You know who does have a good coach? Ty Lue. Oh, well, who is a good Ty coach? Ty Lue. Yep. It's like LeBron's driver back in the day. Please. No, listen. He got the he got James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard to play at a high level. They're number three in the West right now. Yeah, Come I mean, on, they got, they got a talented team, so we'll see. Yeah. So my pick is obviously going to be, like, I, I would like to see Boston get in there because that's, you know, that's where I'm from. And I think everything, you know, that we just said, I'm going to go with my dark horse pick. Uh, I'm going to go with Phoenix. I think Phoenix has a shot. Mm. I think that they have, they're not, what are they ranked right now? Fifth, fifth in the league record-wise, but I think they have some talent on that team that, put them in the playoffs i think you know you don't want them in a seven game series it's like playing against jimmy butler butler's not going to do much all year long but you put him in a playoff series you know jimmy buckets comes out and he just he cranks it up a level and i think that as a team phoenix i think that devin booker's just i think he's he's hungry i think uh kevin durant's too consistent of a player you know if they if they put their pieces together at the right time i think they make a run good pick good odds yeah i like yeah. it. 
they have no depth, but yeah. You know. Well, that's going to be the problem, right? You got what three stars on that team, and you you're counting on them to do everything. But yeah. that's what it takes. You get three good players and a couple of role players, and then you can you yeah. can do it all. The only problem is Steph's not there to carry KD's water for him. Here's a promising stat for you, though: the Celtics have only lost three games at home this year, and uh, for a team that's looking to lock in home court advantage for the whole season, it's a great home court important. too. I mean, no one's yeah. been to many games. It's tough to win in Boston right now. Can we get some yeah. LED LED lights, LED lights on the court? Can oh we get some God. of that? Well, Jalen Brown, when he did the dunk, when he did the dunk, I don't know if you heard the booze, but they turned the whole court into the Celtics court and the LED court. Oh, that's why they were booze? Yeah. Okay. I hope they have that in time for the uh, finals, to be honest, the uh, LED courts. That'd be cool. All right, booze. Well, you got any booze, booze locks, booze bets, booze picks? Uh, Boozy's well, corner. What are we doing? Couple. I have Jason Tatum. I have the Celtics and Clippers in the NBA Finals. I had a, you know, I had to give a some kind of longer odds. I picked the coach of the Utah Jazz. He's got a higher ceiling for Coach of the Year. So that be the way Utah's playing. So we'll see how that goes there. Is that you can bet on that? Yeah, we well, can bet it. Yeah, of course. You can bet on anything. <laughs> you can bet on anything what's right the, now. What's the odds of picking a Coach of the Year? Uh, there's plenty of coach of the year odds. Um, if you look there, it's, it's actually one of the most distinguished ones you can bet on. It's pretty good. Okay. That could be a good pick as well. I, I don't have a lot because it's halfway through the year trying to pick some great picks. I, I did get a great pick on a, on a, another well-known podcast at the beginning of the year was, it was the parlay of, of, uh, Steph Curry of most threes and Victor Wembiata leading in blocks as a parlay. And that's like, looks awesome right now. So um, okay. Certain sports. Is he leading? Guy, is uh, he leading in blocks? Huh? By far. Yeah, yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. So it was a great parlay that uh, everyone's challenging the rookie, and he's like, he's averaging three point two blocks a game. I think he had a triple double with blocks a couple about a week or two ago. It was like rebounds, blocks, and points, or something like that. That's em- that's embarrassing for the other team. He has eleven more blocks than than the next uh, the next highest player, and that player played in four more games than him. Nice. Okay. Well, that's our NBA. Uh, set up for the second half of the season i think what we'll do is we'll we'll do another nba show maybe at the either at the end of the season or maybe in the playoffs and we'll see how far we get maybe maybe towards the finals we'll circle back and we'll touch upon these these picks and we'll see if any of the trades made a difference we'll see if booze's locks come through i don't know we'll see if westbrook goes deep into the finals i want new york tim i want them bad i want you guys i can't wait just to blow the doors (laughs) off you in five As someone else has coined on a, on a talk show here, the gentleman sweep. I appreciate the respect of giving us a game, but that's, they call that is a talk host in Boston that calls it a gentleman sweep. That you would That's going to be you. That's going to oh, it's going to be so wonderful. I'm going to enjoy. I'm going to enjoy like Stern and Spike Lee just crying as Jalen Brown just jams it down their throat in MSG. Oh, I cannot wait. Cannot is wait. Stern a big Knicks fan? Like I know yeah, he's, he's always there, there, but yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Everybody's Spike always Lee there. Is, Spike's but... yeah. Yeah, when they're good, that's where they show up all the but Spike's always there. He's always been a diehard since the beginning. He's diehard, yeah. Oh my god, sure. will he hate if the Celtics come in and, and, and take them down? Oh, cannot wait. So much fun. <laughs> nice. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for checking out Casual Nonsense, and uh we'll check you next time and stay casual.